Mondays is Dave podcast. Uh, it's currently 1.10 a.m. on July 7th, Tuesday, and I'm, we're going to be discussing Monday, July 6th. Um, day started off kind of odd for how things have been going. My dad woke me up about 7.40 in the morning, which is early for me lately. Um, had to take my mom's car into the auto shop to get an inspection so had to drive it in myself my dad followed uh drop it off and my dad take me back to my house and then he went off to work um so woke up a little earlier than obviously i would like to but i mean got home uh pretty much went right back to sleep after nice cold glass of water woke up again about my usual time, like ten thirty, you know, sat my phone for a little bit and then uh had to go get the car, actually. Pick it up from the auto shop. So I went did that. Had my brother drop me off and then went over to Jenna's house and basically just used the little home gym they have. Um, all the dumbbells little dumbbells and stuff they use. I just brought them outside in her backyard and did a quick like 30, 40 minute workout. I mean, it was so hot. I don't know why I thought it was a good idea to go outside. I just wanted to sweat out some, some more than usual. And, uh, I mean, I definitely did. And I almost got seriously nauseous, but that's also kind of my own fault considering I was wearing a black Nike workout, uh, t-shirt long sleeve while it was just completely beaming on our backyard. Uh, well, actually, while Jenna was just sat in the pool with her feet in the pool and, and read her book on a little uh, little lunch break for work. Uh, headed home, back home about like 12.30, 1 o'clock. Uh, got home, had a quinoa salad, and just, just chatted with Nick. You know, he's doing his thing, trying to make some money and, and doing some like personal training hustle. Uh, got into it actually through my mom's friend who's got a young kid and kind of just blew up after like a couple videos she posted. And now he's just like chaining kids that are like anywhere from like 12 to like eight years old, six years old. And just basically just babysitting them, getting them outside sometimes. Uh, but other times like kids that and parents that like want to take it seriously and enjoy it, they do like serious, like speed and agility work. But at the end of the day, like, you know, he's just a kid too. So he's just, you know, trying to have some fun and, and make stuff up and, get you know and improve these kids because he definitely knows what he's talking about but like he's got no certification so it's just kind of funny but find it funny but uh then again these kids you know they don't have from where i'm from long island like you know you you have some money you send your kids to camp you get them out the house you know for nine hours eight hours a day um up either at sleepaway camp or a day camp while you have the house to yourself and can do whatever you want and it costs a lot, like seriously expensive ones could go up to like ten thousand, fifteen thousand dollars and the cheaper ones are more reasonable of course, but uh they're definitely uh different in the atmosphere in the campus that they're on. But you know, all these parents got all this money and these kids are in the house, so they just wanna get them outside, get them exercising and Nick is uh completely capitalizing on this uh influx or 
influx of money in his pocket because these parents have nowhere to put it. But uh, I met some of his parents. They're all great people. These kids are, are great kids. They just, you know, at the end of the day, they just want to have fun. So, but yeah, we just chatted about that kind of stuff. Um, he Then he left, took a shower. I Then I came downstairs to my lab room and actually started um, studying for my FE exams, the fundamental engineering exam that you don't have to take as an engineer, but um, a lot of places, depending on what you're doing, especially design work and stuff, uh, won't hire you unless you take it. And then also the biggest thing down the road is, uh, or unless you pass it, I should say. And the biggest thing down the road is what we call a PE, a professional engineering license. And that lets you a get paid more, but that's also because you have, and have the ability to have a lot more responsibility and um, leadership and accountability as an engineer. Um, where I worked, it was, you know, every design that was sent to the de- Department of Buildings uh, and s- you sent to architects and everybody that were official, that were, you know, supposed to be the most updated version of everything that's going on or whatever uh, the client wanted. Uh, P- the PE, the office we had like one always in there. He's the head of the office, and then a second one that was also part of the same company he was, com- you know, doing some work in New York City and some work in Connecticut. So he would come in every now and then. Uh, they had to sign off what they on the letters. I mean, the uh, drawings and um, forms that went into the DOB. So that's the goal eventually, but got to start somewhere. So I started with the mathematics section of this exam. It's just kind of studying off of YouTube videos and practices exams and all that good stuff. And, uh, there's, it's a 110 question test. It's about six hours long and you could take them with a specialization or you can just take general one. Now I probably would have taken the general one if I was not doing electrical engineering for work, but because I am, I figured I might as well just get tested on my knowledge of it. And you can take it as to test as many times as you want. So if I end up not passing the electrical one, I'll just take the general one. But I figured I'd take the electrical one, you know, force myself to, you know, refresh what I do know from school and then seriously know and hammer down some stuff that maybe I didn't learn as well. Um, so that was definitely a, a little bit tedious considering I haven't, you know, had any type of works you know school works since like early may late april uh and i haven't been in in a classroom setting so just like forcing you know being forced to you know uh, think and do those kind of problems since like i don't know before spring break so march early march late february really actually so it's been a while it was uh, a little difficult for to be in that do that kind of stuff for about an hour and a half, but I did it. And then I fell into one of my not so typical YouTube rabbit holes. I end up watching a lot of YouTube videos on personal finance, uh, specifically watching my old physics teacher from high school. He uh, decided to make a YouTube channel on personal finance and, you know, kind of videotaping his uh financial journey of to 
what he calls financial freedom, uh, financial independence, um, because he had a lot of debt from both undergrad and grad school, um, some other financial investments he made. So that's kind of where his inspiration started, and then it just kind of grew. I I think he's, I don't even know how many subscribers he's got, but he's definitely a lot bigger than his podcast. Uh, But kind of documenting all the stuff he learned about investing, uh, making savings, starting a savings account, which was the big thing I was focusing on um, with this unemployment money going to start coming in sometime soon. Uh, I think I'm just going to start saving it. I really have no need to use it right now. Uh, I'm being kind of, you know, I'm still dependent on my parents. So luckily, um, so they can take care of me and I can kind of just take this money and put it aside to something, hopefully, uh, something great, like a apartment or house, something I can purchase and that can also basically become more of an investment. So, uh, that's what I was looking at. He does, you know, my, uh, Brad Finn, he does a bunch of other videos just about everything, like from stocks to dividends to Roth IRAs. He kept mentioning just like kind of all over the place. And it's just kind of funny considering he's, you know, a physics teacher. <laughs> he's not even a math teacher. He doesn't teach finance. So this is all stuff. He, he spent countless, countless hours in his free time learning and then telling people on YouTube and actually turning that YouTube channel into passive income along with other things he's got invested as well. So, um, did that for a couple hours. Then that was actually after dinner, uh, dinner with the fam was kind of short. It was just hot dogs, leftover stuff from the barbecue from barbecues. Uh, my family had just a small family barbecue, uh, not even really for 4th of July, just to have some family over. And then there's like six of them. And then uh, came back downstairs, right? Watched all the YouTube videos, played a lot of Call of Duty, like almost too much. Um, You know, something I have definitely thought about taking some of the unemployment money and investing in is the parts for a PC build. But I did some research on some CPUs and you know amd apparently should be launching their new ones in september so uh i think i can wait a month or yeah a month two months maybe longer but at that point i'll be hopefully having a normal income you know having my job so uh although i did mention how much i do love my razor laptop uh and my egpu i think a pc would be much more powerful and a lot more fun for video games and hobbies like, you know, recording this podcast. So, um, spent a little bit of time researching into that equipment after all the finance stuff I was looking into then chatted some more with my friend Nick and, uh, right. Played a lot of Call of Duty and then, uh, went on my bed and actually started uh, reading for, for the first time today, at least, but I'm right in about the middle of the book of David and Goliath by Malcolm Maxwell. Malcolm Gladwell. Um, he, you know, it's not the actual complete 
Greek story of David and Goliath, but it kind of reinforces or teaches the lessons that are learned from, you know, that traditional story, not just, you know, that size doesn't mean everything. And, you know, that everything is not what it seems and don't read a book by its cover kind of stuff. But all those cliches, it's more of like true societal and psychological theories that are very evident in the original story of David and Goliath about, you know, disadvantages could be major advantages and advantages could be disadvantages as long, depending on how you look at them and um, how those affect somebody. Uh, One of the more recent ones, one of the more recent sections and chapters was about dyslexia specifically, just like that disadvantage or what's perceived to be disadvantage is actually a major advantage and something, although it's like crazy to think about, it's like, you know, something some people might even want their kids to have. Um, Just kind of taking examples like some of the biggest CEOs and of Fortune 500 companies and lawyers, high-end lawyers, like the some of the best lawyers, some of the best um, and people in the stock market over, you know, past however long years. It's just like since, like, you know, mentioned one guy who started in uh, learning how to trade sec- securities. And just because he had the audacity to go just take a vacation to Wall Street and met with one person, hopped in a cab with him to LaGuardia and ended up just like acting like he knew what he was talking about and playing a playing a good, a good enough acting role to get his foot in the door and then really grinding to learn everything he needed to know uh, about securities that once he got an interview with the guy he hopped in the cab with, he really knew what he was talking about. And that's obviously something that's very difficult for a dyslexic person considering he had to read, you know, all this stuff about what he didn't know within an extremely short period of time. And he wouldn't have that kind of mindset. He wouldn't have that audacity. He wouldn't have that courage. He wouldn't, what they call like disagreeness um, of the traditional way to do things from his difficulties growing up with dyslexia and having to find ways to act and be the class clown, even though that's really not who he was because he just didn't want to have the attention, the fact that he couldn't like read and function as a student as well as everybody else. So um, looking back on it, like another phenomenon of big being in a big fish in a small pond versus being a small fish in a big pond, like, uh, those kind of lessons I think are, are extremely valuable to somebody who's making major life decisions like a junior senior kid in high school and then also like a junior senior kid in college like really looking back and and you know going to a, if you go to a school that has liberal arts you know something broad something you're not really sure what you want to do even after four years like reading this book might really help you realize what's truly important in looking for a job and where to start and how to approach it and who you might be as a person and how you should use that to find the perfect job for you. And also obviously college wise, like um, one of the bigger examples of the whole uh, 
big fish little pond theory was in the book is about a girl who you know went to brown for sciences for she really loved uh, insects and biology i guess of insects but because she was such a little fish in a big pond in her classes she wasn't doing that great compared to a lot of her peers and that seriously discouraged her and she ended up switching majors into like business or liberal arts or some something completely else other than what she grew up dreaming about and she had the option of brown and, and maryland and had she gotten to maryland there's a good chance she would have been top of her class stuck with it gotten the science degree that not only do a lot of people not have in general and it's definitely more of a secure way of getting a job no matter what you know gpa you have but um she's you know she would have been one of very few girls i mean to this day it's definitely not a predominant like big their girls are a minority when it comes to like science degrees but it's probably bigger than it was back then but still like she'd been one of few and she might have been better off had she gone to maryland where she although maryland probably a bigger school academically it's just a smaller pond she would have been the bigger fish um so I think like that's extremely important for kids in high school to really think about. Uh, for me, it was a little different being an athlete. I wanted the best of both worlds, like athletics and academics. And because I was an athlete, and they even mentioned it in Harvard, uh, one of the people who discovered the phom- phenomenon became uh, very hot in admissions and uh, in the administration office and basically said like, Uh, We need to bring kids in that are maybe not really near the average of most students, but that are successful out of the classroom and and extremely driven out of the classroom, that they'll still do what they want. They'll be happy. They'll be successful after college as well. Like it won't completely change their course course of life and uh, they'll be okay with getting degrees that have low GPAs, but they'll get the degree they wanted. And that was a huge thing when it came to uh, football recruiting for Harvard at the, at the time that that professor was, you know, part of the administration process. So for me, it was uh, having sports as an outlet. I, I Looking back on it, I really didn't care what my GPA was as long as I passed. I was eligible to play, and I eventually did get my bachelor's in engineering degree and became official like a week ago. So... Uh, something I wouldn't have changed, but I think if you're a regular student, like it's something to seriously consider. Um, if you're going to go to these prestigious schools, like, yes, like, you know, the Ivy leagues, yes, they have these supposedly great connections. And, you know, when you, when you graduate with a GPA from there, I mean, nobody's going to care what your GPA is. You graduated from Brown, Harvard, MIT, like these are the hardest schools to get into. But at the end of the day, You might not get the degree you really wanted. And part of the other research in the book kind of goes to show you might kill a lot of your self-esteem, your confidence, and your what you really need when it comes to the real world. Like, yes, the knowledge you get from school is going to help you a lot, depending on your field. But at the end of the day, still, you need to be willing to learn when you get out. You need to have confidence. You need to have great social skills and if you dug yourself in the books because just so you can barely pass and 
you know, you barely passed, so you just felt bad about yourself the whole time. When you get to the real world and you have a normal job, you might struggle more than somebody who graduated really well from Stony Brook, Maryland, you know, these schools that are, where else? Like Loyola, like, I mean, they're great schools, for, you know, for a lot of reasons as well, but they're not top, top, top tier. So, um, so I think it's a, a wonderful book to read and, and really think about before making these big life cho- choices and decisions. Uh, speaking of that, you know, going to kind of look back at my high school schedule and some things that <laughs> I definitely didn't like, like waking up so early, but some things um, I obviously need to get back to with this FE exam. So day started off kind of like 6.30ish, alarm went off, rolled out of bed, uh, got changed, did my hair, had everything packed up my uh, my clothes for practice later that day um went to school drove left about seven o'clock get there at like seven fifteen, seven twenty. got about like 15 minutes till class starts go to the locker room uh, put my clothes away hang out for a little bit and then go to class um my school was one that used every student had a two-day schedule a red day and a white day excuse me, a red day and a white day. Um, Every day consisted of nine periods of 40 minutes each with five five minutes in between each period to get to class. Um, My senior year was obviously a lot easier than my years prior. Uh, They gave you some flexibility on like what classes to take, but you're still required to take specific classes. Uh, I took a extra year of physics I took physics in junior year but I took AP physics one in senior year because I knew I wanted to do engineering and uh, can only help I took AP calc one AB with a lab section every other day um, took this is the that's a senior year is the first year they split you up like semesters so like the first half of the year I ended up for English I took like a a movie like a movie lit class you know kind of looking at books that were added adapted to movies and then looking at the movies a little bit and seeing how they were a little different like i remember fight club was one of the main ones we looked at um and just like uh film analysis as well um other half i honestly couldn't tell you what i was taking or what i was doing um other other half of the year i took italian just regular italian um just in case I had to take a language in college, I wanted to be prepared for it and uh, probably would have chosen Italian, but luckily I didn't have to. So I uh, just kind of did it just in case, which is still a lot of fun. My teacher absolutely loved me. Um, what else did I take? Uh, for social studies, they split that uh, class into two sections as well. You could have taken an AP class and something, but I didn't. I took SUPA economics which is like a Syracuse accredited uh, economics class that was like half the year so the obviously my teacher had to basically learn the class from Syracuse and then show get his curriculum certified through Syracuse and then he taught us which was I actually kind of liked it honestly it was like a just general so like a little bit of macro a little bit of microeconomics um and then the second half was just criminal justice and 
at that point, I mean, I just wanted to play lacrosse and have some fun. So I took the easiest one. Uh, they, that class came with a field trip that you could like ask to do, or, uh, I think you got picked at random to go. Uh, but you can like pick if you wanted to go in the first place. It was like a, to a jail, I believe not really a scare straight thing. Not at all, but like, you know, kind of saw some stuff. So, uh, I didn't get picked, but I don't even know. Honestly, couldn't tell you if I even asked to go. Cause I'd rather just had the period off that day. So, or like have a sub and it's just been easier anyway. And I think we had to practice our game that day. So it was just like, didn't want to travel. And, uh, so what else did we take? I had fifth period off in the first half of the year, third period off, which is like a breakfast period. Fifth period is like a lunch period. Third period is like way early. So there's just like breakfast being served. But like nobody's in the lunchroom. So it's actually kind of nice. Um, and then I also had ninth period off every day and I had eighth period off every other day. Cause that was my lab period for my calculus class. Um, looking back on it, I think, I mean, in my opinion, there are other school districts that did it the right way where they had the younger kids wake up earlier, go to school earlier than us. Cause like as a young kid, you're still, you're waking up early anyway. Um, high school kids, like you're going to stay up late. So you might as well start school later, but I don't know. Uh, I would have preferred a later start, but obviously it wasn't my choice. But looking back on it, I think, like, getting up that early will definitely, or has definitely prepared me for um, my crazy college schedule. Um, I mean, like, crazy morning workouts. Like 6 a.m. workouts were tough, but obviously waking up. It's only waking up an hour before I was in high school on an average basis. And then I think that just, like, the biggest thing was um, being at school, I think, uh, a high school atmosphere is just one of the weirder things in most people's lives, but at the same time, like, they really force you to grow sometimes more than college would. I think college is definitely more on yourself, um, and putting yourself in specific situations where you learn who you are. That's the biggest thing. I think it's uh, high school is one of those pl places that teaches you or you start to learn like what it's like to interact with others. Um, I think that's the biggest thing you get from, you get from high school, especially being in that environment. So, uh, well, I hope this helps somebody and uh, see you guys next Monday.